Hi, I'm Akhilara. And I'm Rohan Nagar. Welcome to The Long Take. This week, we're discussing the new four short films from Wes Anderson, which are all adapted from Roald Dahl. Uh, novels? Novelas? What do you call them? Short stories? Short stories. Um, yeah, yeah, short stories. They were released like across like four days. They all have all of them here, so which is why we're sort of covering them now. Uh, they have pretty much the same sort of cast uh, overlapping across the four. Like, I think Bernard Cumberbatch, Ralph Fiennes, Dave Potter, like Benghazi, all of them, I think, are at least in two, if not more. Um, yeah. Which one did you enjoy the most on? Uh, I thought all of them were like, this is like top tier. Like it feels very minor by Anderson, but it's in terms of just the experience, it was like as good as anything he's done. I watched the first one and I was like, yeah, too brilliant. Mm. But then I watched the second one and that was so good in very different ways. Mm. And similarly with the third and fourth, by that time I realized, oh, he's going to do different things with each film. And each of them is like, I don't know if, if he like with his sensibilities would have done anything better. Like this is like ideal interpretation. Of those yeah, it's almost like through his Dahl's stories like go like hand in glove, right? With like Wes Anderson's treatment of them. So it's like made for actually, him. Actually, I don't know. I because his each of the stories, I mean at least the, the four that we have here, mm. it's not like they have overlapping themes or anything, right? And matlab, visual style to iska is unique like so it it you don't like read harry potter and you're like oh i want to see this this through like wes anderson's lens or whatever mm. like he's he's in his movies he's the most dominant voice yeah but here it's he's using roldal's words and his like visuals and that somehow is a very cool kind of combination yeah which is like the consistent thing between them right even though they may not have overlapping themes as you said hmm. the consistent thing between the four is his like approach to them hmm. like he doesn't ever give up he like oh i'm going to try a different way of like delivery in this one no it's always like hmm. one character is the pov into the story and they narrate across the entire short film true i think except for the first one right which changes uh yeah. narrators yeah, yeah, and yeah. protagonists hmm. yeah because of the fact that yeah i mean yeah he could have force fed into it but yeah because it's like mm-hmm. a story within a story right so i think hmm. that's and the first one also for that reason maybe it feels the most like breakneck and like stuffed because there's so much it's like three acts three different yeah, that's the only lines. one that does not exceed like exceeds the 17 minutes right otherwise all of them like are very mm-hmm. consistent in terms of like runtime mm-hmm. But with that one, clearly he was like, "There is no way I can keep this in seventeen minutes. I need more time." Mm. In a way, the first one is like you could imagine like some idiot being like in the mid two thousands, like the person who made um, like National Treasure. Usko two hundred million dollar de diye, and he makes like this globe trotting, time hopping adventure movie, right? Mm. You very easily, but yeah. then here it's like maybe one soundstage. Yeah, yeah, like he's. That's why, in a way, also like enjoyed is that he's deliberately like minimizing yeah. what he needs. Like it's almost like he's he's in, like forcefully like it's it's making it almost look like it's like theater, hmm. and he's he's even showing you that it's theater sometimes because he has those like stage hands appear on the film and like either <laughs> giving things to people or shutting the doors. It's almost like you can see the the workings of it, the movie in the movie. Hmm. Yeah. 
it's um it's like that Lars von Trier thing i'm forgetting like one of those movies in his trilogy with i think the one with nicole kidman right um uh, where it was like one stage and it was like minimal props and the entire story is like on that stage and then you kind of it gives this really strange kind of sensation also because like you said like you see stage hands you see light sometimes you know yeah. you see in the second one especially there's this the opening moments are in this like this this narrow Ali. kind of pathway yeah. yeah and like characters popping through the hedges yeah and it doesn't make no sense like we're coming out of because like there's actually you can't see no doors but they're still mm-hmm. somehow popping in i mean that's a funny thing that you said it doesn't make any sense you know i was wondering like any if someone hasn't watched his movies before this is a great kind of entry point also because it's like a it's like a tasting kind of menu right you get like yeah. four little stories and he's doing like he's being very ambitious also and immediately you're like oh so this is this is how this person is kind also, of like he, Netflix is, is not he, making it easy for you to like discover them like that easily you have I mean, to sure they're making manually. like a collection yeah. out of them but i was thinking like you know like we keep getting those like force-fed anthologies from like india where like you know they keep stuffing like four different movies in like actual feature film mm-hmm. like and you like why are they mm-hmm. doing this just make them episodes and this is the opposite like this almost feels like they should just play all of them like back to back in one long movie uh but they've like put them in not even like a collection it's just like they're just out there you have to scroll down and it says roald dahl but then you also get like other roald dahl like stuff that netflix may have licensed so like if people are watching they may not realize they're not watching everything is not Wes Anderson like some of it is just like some other movie from some other time yeah I wonder if they'll just like throw it in a collection like now that all four of them are out no but they are in a collection sense. like if you knew, whenever you open one of these four and if you go slightly mm. down on the interface it says Roald Dahl like collection or whatever Roald Dahl works oh but you will and these four will all show there alongside other like feature films which are made like, like Charlie Ch- I think Chalk Chalk or whatever like was showing up mm. alongside, but that was mm. like a two-hour movie. Like it's not this, it's not part of this collection, right? So they need, they need to make a Wes Anderson Roald Dahl collection, which they haven't done. Huh, so that doesn't exist now, but that they should now. It doesn't make yeah. sense if you can have like Ray or something. Because discovery-wise, it's just like otherwise, like you know, the whole gateway thing does not work. People might just mm. see one and they'll move on. Like yeah, okay, maybe he made one randomly. They'll never realize there's four out there. Which is also very funny because remember when like the Coen Brothers did that uh, Buster Scruggs thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. initially they were like hum hum show bana rahe hain mm-hmm. and everyone was like oh my god ke Coen brothers are making a show for the first time in their life and <laughs> then they like had cold feet right yeah they were like no we don't want to ruin our filmography we want to have like a feature film so they just like combined everything together yeah i saw that in like in a theater actually because of like a film festival so it was a very different experience because like it was like not like netflix you know where you can just like pause right otherwise you can just pause when, mm. when it becomes like a title screen and then come back later uh but yeah this is the opposite of their approach this is the opposite of that and i'm not even sure if they've like do people know that this is happening like this is like a four day event like or something yeah or I, the marketing like, is not like that omnipresent clearly i don't know like it should be like given bigger because it's like it's the first time he's made anything mm. for streaming right uh, mm. but clearly they're not spending i mean although they did see a couple of like instagram stories from my friends so i guess some people are aware but then i don't know mm. if, like if there was a those people are personally invested in wes anderson or what they're mm. made aware through marketing i mean this feels like a very bana banaya thing to market on tiktok right because yeah. that's where the thing was abused <laughs> <laughs> 
just be like yellow kids and i'm yeah. like i'm telling you if people don't aren't familiar then this is a great kind of entry point and i'm very pleased because i wasn't the biggest fan of either of his last two movies which are like asteroid city or so what um, happened with me is funny like the the previous one what is it called the newspaper one asteroid city no no the one before that the newspaper one french dispatch french dispatch yeah that one For, it's the only I think we said as a movie. I have quit midway. Like, did I you could, watch it till the animated sequence? No, I don't think so. I think I left when like Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. I think are they there or am I making it up? I mean, honestly, like who knows at this point? I don't know. Like, I think Bill Murray is there and he's like painting or whatever, right? Himself or like the walls or whatever in some. Bill scene. Murray is there. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, much. and like some crazy scene where just like he's just painting the entire like room or something, and I'm just like, this is too boring. <laughs> it's not like involving me at all. I give up. And because of that, I never even tried Asher City. So I was almost like coming to this, almost like slightly turned off Anderson for like mm. long, like in a while, longest while. Like I have probably have another Grand Budapest was probably for me. It's probably his like zenith or something. The same, same, yeah. So I was like slightly disappointed, but then I, I was, I came. I was like, okay, thank God, this is not boring. Also, like I guess it's it's easier to not be boring when you're like mostly it's seventeen minutes. Yeah, and I mean, boring. So, छोड़ो. I was just surprised at how on your toes he keeps you, right? Hmm. Because we haven't like discussed the story, story, but like the first yeah. one, um, Henry Sugar. It starts off in a way where you're like, it sets up a certain direction, right? कि ये होगा, and that person is greedy. We know he's greedy. Yeah. That's how he was introduced, and this is what he's going to do with the superpower. And then hmm. the change of heart is the surprising. Bit mm-hmm. right because you don't really expect that to happen, and then he's like, "No, I'll just do good things." Mm-hmm. So I, until that point, you're questioning. You're like, "Wonderful story of Henry Sugar. How is this wonderful? <laughs> this guy is like greedy, <laughs> like a hole who just thinks yeah. about himself." And uh, the second one was, in my opinion, like I thought it was like a horror movie. Like that was start to finish. It was like uncut gems level of. Escalation. Yeah, like it's that's the thing, right? Like in a way, like Wes Anderson's presentation is mm. like so I don't know, like what's the correct word for it? But he's making it so vanilla and almost like you know, like it's like you can't. He's not giving you blood spur, blood spurts, or like you know, like mm. or like look at like someone's arm is cut off or something. But like things that are happening are like harrowing. Like the guy is like just on a rail track. Like any either in a Nolan movie, you would get like a Hans Zimmer soundtrack as like the train was approaching him. Yeah, yeah. It would be like, but just a, it's it creeps up on you, right? And like any other mm. filmmaker's interpretation of this, they would seed the horror much sooner. But mm. here, it's you're kind of thrown off by like the the aesthetic of it, you know, which happens all because yeah. it's so disarming always. And it also gives like gives you distance, right? It's mm, never yeah, like yeah. puts the kid, even though it happens to the kid, they don't put the kid again in child's arm. They make the adult version of him mm. go through everything that he went through as a yeah. kid. He's basically like looking back at his own trauma, right? Like and trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's because the ending is also ambiguous, right? I like I honestly don't know if he survived or if he died because. Yeah, it's like a magical fantasy ending yeah. in a story that has become like probably the most grounded of them all. And it's scary also because they chop up the swan's wings, and there is a little blood, mm. and they attach those wings to him, and then he trips and falls mm. out of a tree, and he's not going to survive that, right? But then they, the ending is that he yeah. flew to his own house and went to his mother. <laughs> But that is not like to me. He's dead, right? 
on paper it's probably it reads like very differently like i'm not sure yeah on paper i'm sure like they all read very differently because it's not because here like it's not like he's not even letting you like in your head when you read something mm-hmm. you read a dialogue as it comes from someone's mm-hmm. mouth right and you imagine them standing around you or you imagine yourself being in that room when you like read a story like you, that's what everything is up to you when you read yeah. but here like because he's always picked like one sort of like narrator mm-hmm. he's like he's like no even the dialogue that other people say will come out of this guy's mouth <laughs> no no but additionally it's also that in your head you might um, inject those dialogues with different emotions but when wes anderson does it every every line is right. delivered in a deadpan that is wes anderson right yeah same line yeah no one's like shouting or like doing that like except like in very very few moments where he wants like to evoke yeah. that so the the delivery in this movie is probably the only consistent thing with the rest of his filmography because that's how people in his movies talk hmm. right they look at the camera sometimes yeah. and they just deliver their lines almost as if they don't have any feeling almost as if like they're reading off the page themselves yeah. like in a, in a, like they've been told like that read like you know you don't like you know how how like they do like a reading before the film yeah. like that's what they're doing almost yeah. and which is also like the entire experience is so disarming to watch is when they do the emotion like when the patel realizes that ben kingsley is dead in henry mm. sugar right and he like genuinely mm. feels sad ki oh my god like the possibility is in view yeah. like he's dead i want to and that's I should have never left yeah, him. Yeah. I never should have left his side. So that yeah. kind of hits harder because the rest of the movie is so like off a different note. Yeah, they never like let the other person like feel. Mm-hmm. Right, the person tells you he felt mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> like okay, but then that in those moments is is and and similarly in in this in the Swan when Rupert friend uh, yells when when the Swan is shot, right? Mm-hmm. He suddenly breaks the the monotony of. the narration yeah. and and moments like that stand out because then that kind of hits harder right similarly the, the poison the final one right because it's like a thriller and and at mm. the end it like literally last ke 30 seconds mein it kind of turns into something else and it yeah. kind of comes together you're like oh so this is because i was also wondering like in the previous three there is like a and eventually suddenly you realize that that the the title of the movie then is like a double thing like it takes a different meaning, that yeah. poison yeah it's a trick mm-hmm. very very different meaning something you're like oh wait he's not just talking talking with snake poison now he's he's basically saying now that the british may might are, are the in a way the actual snake i right? might like be they are the ones who are spreading poison yeah, yeah. i might be reaching here but i feel like collectively if you watch all three these might be some of the most personal things he's done Wes Anderson, not in mm. just in terms of what he wants to say about the world, but also what he wants to say about himself, right? Like the Swan is probably mm. the easiest to be like, ah, it might be autobiographical. Maybe he was bullied, this, that, whatever. But the first one, Henry Sugar, also is he's talking about like commerce, right? Like and greed and mm. being in a position of where you can influence people and. do what you want you have certain like liberties and then what do you choose to do with it you know mm. stuff like that rat catcher is the one which is the most interesting because that feels like the most what is it like wo mujhe abhi tak samajh nahi aaya yeah like in that sense it's like i don't know what he's trying to say there exactly because like it's he's clearly fixated on like the rat man right like he's very important in mm. the story his hand is like whatever bravado in, in a way but i'm not sure like what's the like implication like what is he trying about save society because it's 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 obviously you can just read it as a story and then that it works on that level but like but like is how about like it? knowing what, who roldal was which was 
not a nice person yeah. and the fact that this is the only one in which the the actor who plays Roald Dahl has been cast as a a, a prominent character the right? central leader is yeah. that person supposed to be like this kind of pompous strong man who's killing rats like which is some- which is what it is right like yeah i think the rats clearly are in like an analogy for something no no they are <laughs> because he's like you hating person yeah maybe like you can i mean that's the thing that's the good, good thing about storytelling right you can what you can take it in different contexts and apply it there but i think yeah the fact that he says that you, sh- you should always have some rats around and he literally carries like a rat and a ferret in different mm. pockets and he talks about them also like wo chalu hote hain you need to think yeah. like a rat to, yeah. you know that which is where the language is very like what what people like that say you know yeah. like to catch which is what like something like colonel hans landau would yeah. say right because he, that's what he literally says right in english password like you got to think like a jew mm. to kind of catch a jew stuff like that and you know like i was thinking like roald dahl anti semite right mm. so like i don't know which is also funny that he's cast ray finds in it <laughs> to play <laughs> the anti semitic person <laughs> uh, that's obviously just, just an accident because like wes anderson loves him is it an accident he's too smart for that <laughs> i mean He's just cast him in so many roles across these four films. I can't like imagine like being that deliberate. But yeah, it's possible. He's that's that deliberate on a another level. Who knows? Uh, who knows? But yeah, this was like a uh, really fun to watch all four back to back, back to back. We came across four days, but still. Okay, that's all for this episode of the Long Take. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Threads at the Long Take Pod. You can write to us at the Long Take Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to the episode, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.